I'm Cameron Silsby, and I head up all of the Van City communities. In an article entitled, Will White Evangelicals Ever Acknowledge Systemic Injustice? Leonce Crump Jr., a black pastor in Atlanta, Georgia, wrote, I am nearly positive that this article will divide, and in that, I am perfectly comfortable. My minority brothers and sisters in almost melodic unison will read this and feel heard, valued, and appreciated. They will feel as if they can breathe again. Meanwhile, from what I can see in social media, and from a history of being willing to wrestle with these things among people in the majority culture, there will be a resounding cacophony of either silence or rebuke, ridicule or complaint from others. But where I am presently is where I was on last Monday when I tweeted, I have two daughters. I daily pray for a son. But if he'll be in danger for being black and large, perhaps I should stop praying. That is how I feel down to my soul. Disowning those feelings will not produce the quote-unquote progress my white evangelical friends say they want. In an interview, Dr. King once said these words with respect to the civil rights movement, now quoting Dr. King. The most pervasive mistake I have made was in believing that because our cause was just, we could be sure that the white ministers of the South, once their Christian consciences were challenged, challenged, would rise to our aid. I felt that white ministers would take our cause to the white power structures. I ended up, of course, chastened and disillusioned. Now quoting Crump again, I am praying that here, now, this mistake will be rectified. I want to believe that you will rise to our aid and that you would agree that a silent Christian who avoids applying the gospel to issues of injustice, though those issues may be uneasy, unclear, or politicized, upholds the very structures that purport and perpetuate injustice. End quote. This article fits right along with the other articles and podcasts and interviews being done right now. Except that Crump's article was written in 2014 in the wake of the killing of Michael Brown. Tragically, it seems, the silence of Christians won out. Today we'll be meditating and praying through Isaiah chapter 1. Grab your Bible and we'll start reading in verse 10. Holy Spirit, help us to be aware of your presence in this moment. Speak to our hearts and minds. Isaiah chapter 1, starting in verse 10. Hear the word of Yahweh, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. That's a very harsh and critical thing to call an Israelite. The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me, says Yahweh? I have more than enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you, this trampling of my courts? Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, convocations, I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. 
your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals I hate with all my being. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Without the context of knowing the book of Isaiah, without the context of prophetic critique, if you were to witness the religious piety of Israel, it would have been impressive. They were active and faithful to do their sacrifices at the temple. They observed the special days of the year they were commanded to. They had an active and vibrant religious life, seemingly. But the actions, the prayers, were not just empty, they were an offense and an affront to Yahweh. Why? Holy Spirit, prepare our hearts to hear your words and guide us to apply them accurately to our own lives and contexts. The end of verse 15, your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Israel's religious practice was tainted by injustice. In the dramatic words of Yahweh himself, their religious practice was a burden, hated, detestable, worthless. The remedy? Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Without the practice of justice, the religious practices of Israel were not acceptable to Yahweh. And that's a heavy reality. Holy Spirit, reveal in me where I have failed to do justice. Reveal in our church where we have failed to learn, seek, defend, take up the cause, and plead on behalf of the oppressed. Verse 18, come now, let us settle the matter, says Yahweh. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of Yahweh has spoken. Yahweh graciously offers Israel, offers us forgiveness, cleansing, purity from the stain of injustice. If it is conditional, if you are willing and obedient, forgiveness comes with repentance from injustice and action for justice. And with that comes God's blessing. But if there is unwillingness, if there is resistance to change and repentance, there will be serious consequences. Repentance, forgiveness, and blessing 
or resistance and destruction. Those are the options for Israel. In similar ways, those are the options presented to us. Perhaps the church doesn't succumb to violence like Israel did, but do not think that the sin of racism is only destructive for its victims. It is destructive for its perpetrators as well. Sin destroys. Jesus, I submit myself to you. Lead me in obedience. Thank you for your undeserved patience and grace. Thank you for forgiveness. Amen.